Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This is Richard Deitch, the host of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Multiple times a week, our podcast will get you interviews with the most notable names in sports media, from broadcasters to dealmakers to people doing great work behind the scenes. Here's Hubie Brown. Anytime that you win an award, it's not just because of the announcer and the analyst. It's always because of the production team. That's the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hear a great moment on the fan that you want to hear again and again and again and again? Pause, go back, and then skip ahead with Rewind on the Odyssey app. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yes, she needs Just download and search WFAN. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. There we go, it's a football Friday on the fan, 502. It is the warm-up show until 6. Al is off, he's smoking weed, getting high, and having himself a blast. As yesterday, all the uh, places did open up in Jersey. I saw there were lines uh, in some cases that were like down the block. In other cases, not as busy as you'd think. There were some police presence and people just smoking doobies, and good for them. Uh, Al is off, so the Eddie Scazzeri, what's up? And for this segment, I've got Chris Lepresti. Good to see you, sir. How are you? I'm great. Good morning. Is that why Al took off the last couple of days? To smoke some weed. Take advantage of the uh, the weed availability in well, New Jersey? Well, he was supposed to go see the Lemonheads last night. Ah. Because that seems fun. Uh, and he was going to stay in Jersey City, which is great. So he took a couple of days off, and then the Lemonheads canceled their their show. So he's staying closer to our studio than he normally would and needed. Well, no, he's canceled. Oh, he's home. Got it. And plus, Mike was in place, so you're not going to all of a sudden take shifts that away. That's a fair point. Enjoyed his four-day weekend, then realized that the dispensaries were opening up for recreational use yesterday, and he decided he's going to go find a weed place. Have you ever been to a dispensary? No, okay. but I pass one all the time. All right. How does how is that possible? If we just made it legal in New Jersey, because it was being built. Oh, okay. And it just, I so it wasn't it just open until a day ago. Yeah, pretty right. much. So I, was I don't know if he did or not. He said he would text me. He hasn't yet. Been in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting. Smoking My weed. one and only experience. Never actually smoked it. Went with the edible. Oh yeah. Yeah. One time. And what was the reaction? Uh, a lot of unsolicited laughing for about an hour. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> right? It was fun. Probably went a little overboard. You, you know, know who's not having fun are your Yankees, by the way. Uh, why do, by Give the way, them football, some weed. How's it a football Friday? I don't know. It's Come Friday. On, well, man, USFL. Who are the, uh, Eddie, who are the generals playing this weekend? I do not know. Oh. See, if he, that's all you need to know. If Eddie doesn't know the USFL opponents, it's irrelevant. I haven't right. looked at the schedule, but I know there's a game tonight. Great. Oh, there is. So yep. tonight, got a couple tomorrow, and then Sunday night, correct? Correct. 
Here All you right. go. What do you got? A little preview. Amy, NFL draft, no buzz. There is no. Oh, so that's so funny you say no that buzz. because I literally pulled up. So I'll sit in. Boomer's off today. So I'll do the show with Greg when he comes in at six. And I'm thinking maybe we're going to do a little bit of NFL draft today. So I said, nah. let's see how many guys in the top 15, first of all, and this is another thing. So I'm doing a show on CBS Sports Radio on Sunday morning from 6 to 10, my second one. Looking forward to it. Reach out to Chris DePrasso from uh, from CBS Ooh. Sports. Oh, okay. Uh, NFL draft expert. No response. <laughs> you now dead to me. He's checked so out. So you I, well now I'm checked out. So see ya. Never calling you again. Gotcha. Um, but I put a, pulled up his mock draft. I don't know who anybody is. Where's he got Kenny <laughs> it's unbelievable. They have him going six to the Panthers. Okay, which he was on the seems fan about last right. Night, by I the heard Keith McPherson had him on Ocean Township graduate. Did good. Did you hear it? I did not. All right. So he was on last night, but it is really interesting when you look at, aside from a couple of names, this is not your normal NFL draft. No, I've read it's very deep in defensive ends, which is not all that sexy and exciting sometimes. Well, and it can be because a good defensive Depends. end can be a game changer for your team. And by the way, both locals could use uh, presence on the edge. So, so let's go. This guy who did not call me back or respond. I'm sorry, he didn't even have to call me back. Didn't even text back. Fair <laughs> enough. Blocked number now. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is who he has the Jets taking. He is a safety, safety out of yeah. Notre Dame. Uh, he is the Giants taking, and I've heard Evan Neal. I've heard his name banted about the alignment from Alabama. Uh, who else is this guy who did not respond to me say? He's got the Giants taking Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. I've heard of him. Uh, that at number seven. See, and so you know more than you thought. Well, but it's not a lot, though. And they have him taking uh, Ahmad Gardner out of Cincinnati going to the Jets at number 10. All right. Now, does his mock draft include trade scenarios, or does he just make the mm, scheduled pick for every team? Good question. I don't know the answer to that. Because that's something I'm intrigued to see. If both locals this use looks like each if of everything, first round picks. No, this looks like if everything stays where it is, Okay, this is what he has and who's going where. So, don't know. What was the last name you gave me? Uh, Ahmad Gardner. That's the sauce, right? Yes, yeah. correct. And they have Corner. him going, yep, at 10. Yeah. So, uh, looking forward. So, football Friday because oh, yeah. it's the draft is next Thursday. Well, then at least the, the first next, round. So, next week, it'll be a football Friday. Morning after. Right. Plus, there's USFL. All right. So, let's do this. Uh, Panthers generals tonight. Carolina? They, I didn't yeah, thought they, the season was over. They have a Panthers? Why would you use the same name of an, a name of an NFL franchise? What Doesn't city that just are make they it from? confusing? Michigan Panthers. The Michigan Come Panthers. On, Fair enough. All right. All right so, Michigan <laughs> against uh, who? Against the Generals tonight? Yes. And correct. all those games are played in Birmingham, correct? Correct. Uh, uh, tonight's game on USA. My question would be, awesome. will there be less people at this game than were in Oakland yesterday? <laughs> all right. Gonna, over, under, Eddie. Here we go. I'm over, gonna, under. Over. We did the – I didn't give you a number yet. Oh, I thought compared to this the This is Oakland. yesterday's no. game. So yesterday's game was 2,000 – uh, 2,703 fans in Oakland. Just, the over-under for yesterday's game. That was Wednesday. Sorry. Okay, okay. Yesterday's game, over-under. I think I set the first one with you at 5,000. I'll set the over-under for yesterday's game at 5,000. Eddie Scazzeri. I'm going to go under. Correct. Definitely You're still alive. Yeah. Over-under, 4,500. Under. Correct. Last one, over-under, 4,000. Under. Wrong. Oh. 4,422. Wow, so they almost Can you doubled imagine? their attendance from the other in, day. Yeah. In two games, the Oakland A's have had approximately 7,000 total fans. That is fascinating. I guess. That place has been a dump for a long time. I understand, but 2,000 fans? Yeah. I mean, come on. So, your Yankees, let's do this because I am fascinated by this team. Are you? I am. What's fascinating about them? The feel of the team. That it's, they're dead and lifeless? Yes, and yet the... Lineup is stocked with stars, mm -hmm. 
and power hitters. And there was one quote that I heard driving in that Bob Usler played, I think at 3 a.m., I think he played it, about uh, Aaron Boone. He was specifically talking about the eighth-inning situation. Horrendous. Where, horrible. Yeah. And that they Didn't don't get the push ball a run. Right. Yeah. And he says in the middle of it, when you're struggling to put guys on base and put the ball in the seats like we're not – like that right there – is the problem yeah. with the mentality. All about the home runs. Like, we're just waiting for the long ball. Yeah, and a lot of times when I'll, if I'm not, you know, fully locked in on the game and I'm monitoring the score to open up the box score, and I, A, they don't have a lot of hits, and B, they're all singles when they are. No doubles. There Forget seven the home for, runs. Couple seven for 33 yesterday, yeah. one extra base hit, right. the Donaldson double. Yeah, and which was late. He pin, was yeah, the eighth he inning. Pinch hit, yeah, yes. exactly. Correct, and then he was pinch run for, you move them over. They end up with bases loaded and one yeah. out. They can't move. Pop home. up for Hicks. Terrible. Judge walks. Then you get Rizzo up. You, they bring in the lefty, the closer, and you and he not even hit taps it back to the mound. Not even hard enough. I at first when he hit it, I'm like, oh god, they're gonna get a one two three double yeah, play sure. force at home. It wasn't even hit hard enough for that. And then Stanton gives you like a defensive lazy swing over yeah. first base, and that's it. They're out of the inning. And it's and then the Tigers do to them what you wanted them to do to the Tigers in the bottom half of the inning. Yeah. A very similar type inning, except they get the big two-out hit. I think it was with two outs. Um, and so they wind up winning. And so, listen, they won the series, and I think you'll take two out of three every time. But, 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 you got to win these games. I was just going to say, they win the series, but it doesn't feel it like doesn't. it. It doesn't. No, because... No. It's it's always interesting, too, how you win the series. So if you lose the first, win the second, two, you come home feeling pretty good about yourself. You win the first, lose the second, win the third, you come home feeling pretty good. Instead, you come home like, my God, we just got shut out by by Pineda and the Tigers. And by the way, I mean, Pineda was always a bigger guy. Uh, he's enormous now. Like, like David Wells-esque. And hey, who cares? He shut the Yankees That's a Yankees towering, imposing yesterday. figure out there. He is, he is. And you got to feel bad for Jordan Montgomery. Oh, I mean, they never come scored on. I know, but Ever. you go si- He gave up three lousy hits, yeah, and he ends up with the loss. God, and, terrible. And like we talked about the way it feels even if you win the series. So they win the opener, but, I mean, if not for the dropped pop-ups and you get Garrett Cole's shortest outing of his career, even though they win the game, it doesn't feel You're like right. it at all. You're right. That game felt terrible. Not terrible. No, you won did. the game. It but felt it, terrible. You didn't feel good about it as a Yankee fan. No. And it's just, it's amazing to me, like, what we say and how we feel really has nothing to do with how the guys play on the field. And yet, a lot of times it really does align with one another. As as odd as that, it's almost like we're sitting here saying, oh my God, okay, they're not going to push a run across. And you're thinking, it's Giancarlo Stanton. The guy could hit the ball to the moon, and next thing you know, Tapped as you say, <laughs> defensive swing, yeah. not pushing a run across. Serve this right over there. That's the swing I'm dying to see from guys when they have the shift on still, and the right. whole other side of the infield's open. You just kind of guide it over there. 100%. Obviously, they don't do it in that situation with you know man on third base, and uh, well, there's two outs in that case, but yeah. So good. now they get the Guardians that come in. It oh, still great. sounds weird, yeah. but they're a, they're a nothing team. I mean, they're not. And I saw Tim Anderson of the White Sox giving the fans the finger the other day. That was yeah. Wednesday. That was I you didn't see that. this? No, I did not. I missed so, that. So because in Cleveland they're getting not two thousand fans, but like eight thousand yeah. fans. Um and so really excited about the name change there in Cleveland. Well, there's no one there. I Jose know. Ramirez and who? Yeah. So you've got they're in the Chicago's in Cleveland. I think it's Wednesday. Oh, the attendance was Wednesday. I know yesterday was eight thousand. So there's no one going to these games. And it's so quiet in the stadium. That it was so Anderson, by the way, made three early errors in this game. They're in Cleveland. At one point, I three. don't know if it was yeah, he made three errors to start. I think the first two innings, too. Whatever inning it was, I'm not sure, but the building's relatively quiet. 
and you can hear a guy heckle on the, him on the TV. Yes. I'm sure, yeah. After it's he like makes watch, a play, it's like watching Major League with Randy yes, Quaid out in the outfield. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And yeah. so he just right hand up, middle finger out. <laughs> and that was that. And the announcers don't even know what to do or now, say. Uh, here's what I, I get: it. it's a it's a meaningless April baseball game that no one's paying attention to. But he does that. I slipped right through the cracks for me compared to Kyrie, and I get it. It's a playoff game. It's Kyrie. It's Boston. But it's the reaction's not. Did you have a problem with that, by the way? No. Me either. I did not. I, I don't I, think most people did, to be quite honest. I get the league has to fine him. Oh, I, but, I, Listen, you knew a fine was coming, and sometimes you do things knowing you're going yeah. to get fined. I'm so tired of the I expect more out of the pro athlete. They've got to set it. I've had like, enough, I mean, too. come on. I, I expect more out of uh, society. Right, and I get it. It's hey, it's one guy can't control eighteen. I I understand all of that, but I mean, is it but really there, that? You know, is so, it so terrible? No, but the behavior by the fans is oh, and yeah, has been right. for years and years. Yes. The difference is more camera angles. We have more awareness of it. Oh, he was he was pretty demonstrative about it. He wouldn't. You know, it no, wasn't no, no, a no, quick. No. Hey, I'm gonna try and hide. No, it, I mean in know? terms of fan behavior, because some people will be like, "Well, fans have never been this bad." I think they oh, have I, been I actually. We just, yeah, but yeah. because of the camera phones. More angles from television. Right. We're now seeing everything, not just. I'm. I. I would almost guarantee you. In the past, guys have done this on the floor before. It just wasn't picked up. Probably. Kyrie even said, "It's only a big deal to you because it's the first time you saw me do this." Right. Now, what I was getting at was game two. Did, I don't know. Did you watch all the game two Sunday? All of it. No. Okay. There was at one point Irving was throwing the ball in on the sideline, and there was a gentleman who looked like a nice, solid, distinguished professional man. <laughs> who looked like he was screaming at someone that might have sexually assaulted his son. Yeah. He had veins popping out of his neck. It's over the top. It was unbelievable. And he couldn't have been more than 20 feet away. And the camera didn't have it for too long because maybe it was a three-second shot. But I had I rewound it on the TV. I'm like, look at this guy. I know. Like, it's easy relax. for us to say, oh, you, you got to have thick skin, just tune it out. But when it's that close and you're hearing it. Which is the problem with basketball. Look at what, speaking of camera phones, look at Mike Tyson got his breaking point on a jet blue flight. Did you watch any of that video on TMZ? I did. And you know what the best part of that story was? What? Where he was two hours later. Where was he? Oh, you didn't see that no, part. I did not. He was going to uh, hang out at a some... weed convention. Oh, okay. He was. I know he was traveling to Florida, Miami, correct? yeah. For a cannabis convention <laughs> yeah, to where you can chill out and be calm <laughs> after you pummel the crap yeah. out of someone on a plane. I understand his reaction is not what you want to do, but forget <laughs> him. Like, forget the fact that it escalates to him beating this guy down. How did nobody? How did? Where's the? Where's are the you going to step in? No, 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 no. Where's the people that work on the plane? Like, where the? That guy was well, belligerent. He was like. That's on a flight. We've all been on plane. I just, maybe this was first class. It was. It's it not, certainly looked like cramped, it. It looked right? like the, the pods. Seats. Yes, but where? Like that guy was clearly. So I didn't badgering see, him. I know. I okay, so I didn't see the video of him getting on Tyson. I only read this. No, ice. no, it wasn't that he was trying to get on him. Like it wasn't like Kyrie where he was, you know, cursing at him or giving him a hard time. But he was just relentlessly trying to talk. Like he was hanging over his seat. Really, he was out of his seat. He was clearly hammered. His friends laughing about it. Video. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, and and the first, only video I saw was Tyson just beating right the hell at out the of end. Him. Yeah, that you saw the end result. Yes. but at first the the guy who took the video even ref. Oh, he took a selfie with him, and he was you know he was being nice and he was playing along. But then he's literally like, so if you're Tyson, and if you turned your if right, you turned, I'm here. The guy he's like leaning over the seat and he's like yelling in his ear, trying to get his, and it went on and on and on, and eventually he just snapped and got up and beat the crap out of him. I mean, you got to know your audience, right? I mean, my God, yeah. and then and and he and, clearly knew it was Mike Tyson for sure, yeah. and I believe he actually declined to press charges. 
because he probably now knows he's the one that started the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, and again, I'm not trying to say that's how you handle the situation. You know, assault is not the answer. No, but it gives us material. Or, sorry, battery, I guess, is the... Yes, it gives us material for And he sure. can go smoke weed and chill out now. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine now. Amazing how popular weed is right now. <laughs> like, at this very moment... It's always been, but right now, at this very moment... Yeah. People like Al Dukes actually well, was going to go to, a, was thinking about going to a place to I buy I liken it. it to the emergence of sports gambling. Same kind of thing. It was going on right. behind closed You're doors, hush-hush. Right. It was like the, the the secret that wasn't a secret, and now it's out in the open for many, not all, but many to enjoy. Now, I think there was a limit on how much you could buy. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't even think it was gambling. that much money. Usually not a limit on how much you, right? If you want to bet a certain amount, yeah, they'll no, let no, you no, bet no. a certain but amount. But when you go into, because it's regulated, yeah, I'm not well, saying you can't still go to yeah. your guy. If you've got a guy, True. you can buy what you want. Yes. If you go to this place, I believe the amount you could purchase was limited per day. Now, is that for your well-being or just no, so there's enough available for everybody? No, what I'm saying, like, do they do that? Do they limit it? I don't to know. look out for you, Do or I is look it like a weed guy? <laughs> I, I, I'm not really sure. To be I quite understand. honest with the you, the two of us are ignorant when it comes to that. Uh to a point. Oh. To a point. All right. One other thing on the Yankees before we get Flegelman in here after the break. So this is from the New York Post, and this is from the "Don't Throw Stones in Glass Houses" category. From now, uh, from what? Don't throw stones from glass house, or in a glass house. Yeah, or, right. That's what I said. Oh, I thought you said two. Whatever. Fine. Deal with it. <laughs> this is from the New York Post, all right? Um, we know about this letter that Major League Baseball sent to the Yankees that the Yankees have tried to keep sealed. Yes. That was denied, I think. great lengths. I believe it twice it has been denied. And now it's coming out, the Post said, within the next week or so. This is a line. This is not my opinion. This is from the Post, copied and pasted. The letter is said to deal with a pair of sign-stealing incidents committed by the Yankees including the improper use of a dugout phone in a season before 2017, as well as references to some Yankee players stationing themselves in the team's replay room in an attempt to steal opponent signs, then relay that information to runners at second base to try to tell the hitter what was coming. Now, I don't hear about a garbage pail, but damn, does that sound eerily similar yep. to another team? It does, and that's why when I heard about, when I became aware of the existence of this letter, the fact that they were going to great lengths to try and keep it sealed, and then combined with what Brian Cashman, out of nowhere, came out and said, whatever, a week, five days before the regular season yeah. started when he gave that interview and was talking about going back to 2017 and criticizing the Astros— did not make any sense to me. Just keep your mouth shut. You know what's in the letter. You know what happened. We don't. Unless they really thought that they would win the appeal, this to me is... <sighs> Looks really bad. Well, you can't sit there and complain about the Astros exactly. when, in fact, you did the same thing. I totally agree. And they'll probably say, well, once MLB told us to stop, we stopped. And let me That's be fine, let me very but... clear about it, too. I don't care. I've never cared about it. To yeah. me, it's on you as the team in the field, if you think something's going on, to change it up. So I don't like it, but I also don't think it's the worst thing ever in the history of sports. No, I'm not Other a... teams have done this for years and years and years yes. and years, and now it sounds like the Yankees were doing something very similar to what the Astros the were doing. The part that bothers me is they've made such a big deal about the Astros in 2017 and the fact that we're now finding out that they very well may have been involved in something very similar. Whatever the timeline was, if you want to, hey, we stopped when they, it doesn't matter. You may, you've you made did such it. a big stink about that series and the outcome and how you were robbed and how it was awful with the, you can't, you just can't, I'm sorry, you can't, it cannot be sold to the public. And by the way, it also goes to prove that just because you steal the signs 
does not mean you're going to win. Because last time I checked, the Yankees had one since 2009. That's correct. All right, quick break, 520. Just getting started. We'll get Flegelman in here. We'll turn our attention to the Mets for a few minutes. It's the warm-up show till 6. G joins us then on the fan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, 25 after 5, a little bit uh, thereafter. It is the warm-up show until 6 o'clock. We're doing this in, like, little segments and steps here. So first segment with CeeLo. CeeLo's still here. We add a, a member to the cast now for the next 15 minutes. His name is Mike Flegelman, as we will now discuss a little bit on the Mets and why the hell not, because a 10-4 and start, good win yesterday. Unlike the Yankees, the Mets do get – now, it's, listen, it was the third inning, but I thought a big two-out base hit yep. by Mark Hanna, uh, and the Mets are off and running. Buck Showalter was back. You were there yesterday. What are we thinking? I mean, how are you not excited right now if you're a Mets fan? Of course, it's early. Yeah, all of that. I get it. You know, there have been so many years where the Mets get off to the hot start. I remember the 12-2 and with Mickey Calloway, and then they just completely implode, and they're 500 (laughs) before Memorial Day comes. But if you're a baseball fan, if you're going to root for any sport or any team in a sport that plays 162 regular season games— how can you not enjoy the regular season if your team gives you a good one? Yeah, then what's the, the point? Yeah, Are the pockets gonna, of success. Right, if they win in October, you try to look back and say, oh, "Okay, I'm going to retroactively enjoy what they did in April and May." That doesn't work. You have to enjoy it. I'm and I like going to baseball games a lot. I have season tickets, so I've already been to City Field four times. I'm there yesterday wow. with our good pal Paul Rosenberg, who almost died getting hit by a foul ball. <laughs> But, Pay you know, attention, you dummy. He wasn't paying he, attention. He was, of course he wasn't. <laughs> but he was trying. Is this better? He was trying to help book a guest for Keith's show. No, it's not better. Well, no, it's not better. At Pay least, attention. At least it was work-related. You got it in between pitches. Dedicated him. In between. Yeah, where Instagram were you sitting? Story. Where were you sitting? <laughs> so I have uh, seats in 326. It's like just a little off the three twenty-six and uh, third base. Yeah. Hmm. If you're familiar with City Field, you got to pay attention. Pricing. Well, it's funny because I've had these seats for two years. No foul ball has any. Never come anywhere close to where so we are. So Rosenberg's a magnet. Yeah. That's all we need to know. He's all right, lucky. Mike, here we go. So Buck Showalter's the manager of the Mets. Give me one, two, and you mentioned that. I'll give that, Buck anything at you this ma- point. No, no, no. You mentioned <laughs> that dope Mickey Calloway. So one, this I is just to go show. I forgot with him at some point. That's one, great. One, two, three, four, five, We're going to love our players. Give me six of the last seven Met managers. I'll give six you one pass. Last... Yeah. All right, well, oh, he'll Rojas, Calloway, right. Terry Collins, right. Jerry Manuel. Willie Randolph, Art Howe, Keep Bobby going. V. Yep. Who was before Bobby Valentine? A great Joe Beningo story if you get this one. Wow, I forgot what what was Bobby was V's Je- first was year. Was Jeff Torberg before that? He the... was one prior to this guy. In between. Dallas Green. Green. Yes. Yeah. Dallas so Green. Dallas Green. So now this is my Beningo story, which I've told a couple of times in the past 20-something years. So if you go back to 1994, Four or 95, I forget when it was. Maybe it was 95 when I get introduced to Joe at a small little station in Elizabeth and he was just this scraggly guy coming in in jeans and a Met T-shirt that was paying, as you know, to do a show once a week. So we do it, I guess we did three or four weeks and we got to the point where we said, you know what, we work at a radio station. I was, he was sort of, 
We go, we have a letterhead now from this place. They allowed us to send out for credentials. We're going to go to a Met game. Send it out. No problem. Would love to have you. Here are your credentials for the game. So we get there. We had no idea what we were doing. As we get in, they're like, you know, we had our we had our press pass. And they said, you know where you're going? Sure, we didn't. We found our way to the tunnel, which led right to the field. Now, this is probably an hour before the game or whatever it is. Well, also, out to the field, when you exited Shea Stadium, you're right to the entrance of the dugout. So on our way to go now upstairs to go find Howie Rose, who Joe wanted to go meet, he's like, hey, there's Dallas Green. Let's go say hello. I'm like, okay, nope, if you want to. So we take a left into the dugout. And he goes and introduces himself, and he goes, Dallas, how you doing? Joe Beningo. And he goes, Dallas. Oh, Joe Beningo, nice to meet you, sir. How are you? Doing a lot better than you because this team stinks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, And listen, if you know Joe, wow. that doesn't surprise you at oh, all. Oh, yeah. And no let filter. me tell you, no he filter. took that. I cringed. I'm like, oh, this is, we were there for 10 minutes, and the first thing he did was insult the Met manager. Listen, this is a couple years before that must have been the Rich Kotite era. Imagine if he got to do the same thing oh, my at God, Giant man. Stadium. He might have punched Rich him. Right. But Dallas Green smiled, said, Joe, why don't you take a seat? To where they talk baseball through the national anthem. You want to talk about a weird experience? Come on. You can ask, um, ask Joe. <laughs> the game is about to begin. He's sitting there they in the were, dugout with the they manager. They were engaged in such a conversation. And I was on the other side of Joe sitting next to Brett Butler. Remember him? Yeah. Who He's looking at me like, who the hell are <laughs> yeah, you? Get the hell out of here. But I had a credential, so it was fine. I had a nice little goal. He started. I wasn't going to say anything. Talked to him for a minute. Dallas Green and Joe spoke for probably 15 minutes to where all of a sudden, attention, please, please take off your caps. I'm like, what are we doing here? It was me, Joe, and the entire Met roster in the dugout. Tremendous. We stood at attention for the national anthem to where one of Jay's assistants came and said, yeah. Time to get go. out. Time, time to right, go. you were supposed to clear out five minutes ago. Uh, probably, probably longer than probably five minutes. minutes. No, yeah. I think we were supposed to clear out when we were making our exit yeah. when Joe saw Dallas Green. Like at the end of batting practice. Yes. Now, right? did yeah. Joe warm up to Dallas Green just a little bit after that? Because he I don't remember the time to explain some things. Mm, you yeah, know what? Probably I, refers to him at now least for a day. That's a, great a guy, good yeah. question, but I honestly don't remember. I remember he loved the conversation. They talked baseball. Everything was good, and Dallas Green was about as pleasant a man as you could have ever been. Because I would have been like, "Who's this guy?" Yeah. I mean, what a great introduction. I'm a lot better than you because your team stinks. Have a seat. Let's Man. chat. <laughs> Never forget that. There's only one person I know is capable of that, and it's Joe. It, well, yes, 100%. <laughs> That's so. awesome. What was, what was Bobby V's first year? Did you uh, have Bobby there? Valentine's first year, 96. He took over wow. for Dallas Green. All right. And Bobby, it's funny because you think of da- uh, Bobby V. I, if you would ask me how long was Bobby Valentine manager, immediately I would say eh, nine, ten years. Yeah, was it Six. five? Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, not nearly as long like as you think. Right, yeah, the you one would expect the impact he had that Bobby V was here for a long time, but because well, of they how had some memorable the '98 seasons, when they yeah. get Piazza, the '99 yeah. run, the 2000 team, and what he did in 2001 after 9/11, right, he made such, such a an impact in a short time. All of it, 100. percent And, and but, the one guy too is Terry Collins, seven years, long run, and it yeah. feels like I would have said a little longer than that too. Nowadays yeah. in baseball, seven years is a very long run, it's yeah. an eternity. And to circle back what you said about over a course of 162 games, you got to enjoy the pockets, but. Even more so for the Mets right now because the last few years have been disappointing. It's a different vibe. Like if the Yankees got off to the same, what is it, 10 and 4? Yeah. The Met, I don't think the excitement level would be there because it's like the Yankees got to game seven in 2017 and they haven't gotten back to that point. Whereas for the Mets, I get they had the World Series, but it's a different vibe. They brought in the, the new players this offseason, new owner. 
new manager who's a veteran guy. You just have the excited, the excitement vibe. So the impact of them getting off to the fast start, I think, is stronger than if the Yankees Much had stronger. gotten off to a 10 well, The bar is well. lower with the Mets. Yeah. It always will be, at right. least until Steve Cohen is able to change things like that. But he's only in his second year owning the team. Last year was so weird. It's still They're still overhauling the look of the team. And if you're one of those Mets fans that's been through the last few years where they've had hot starts and collapsed, it's only 14 games in. You mentioned the vibes. This team just feels completely yes. different in every way. It's not, oh, they're fluky. They're winning in ways where, you know, they're tied in the eighth inning. The other team makes an error, and the Mets take advantage. They look like a legitimately good baseball team. And why is that? Why is that, great. though? The why offense, is that? they hit, they play They play baseball. Right. Yes, Simply. but why? Oh, and Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter, and don't kid yourself, the presence of Max Scherzer is enormous. And, uh, absolutely. And Lindor is the guy that they thought they were trading yeah. for, which... I'm attributing a lot of that to Buck helping him turn things around. You know, they bring in Cookie Carrasco last year. He now looks like the guy they thought they traded for. Yeah. And, yeah, Jerry, you're right. Max Scherzer and just the entire mentality he brings to a team, it's trickling down, affecting everyone in a positive his, way. Just the, his demeanor and the way he goes out there as a pitcher and just the way he looks like he controls everything. To me, it takes the weight off of everybody else's shoulders, including Francisco Lindor, who looks like he's playing free and easy now. And it's as if, you know, yesterday he DHs, he comes up, he's three for three. I'm thinking, let's go, let's have a five for five day. <laughs> You're getting that not just from him. Like Jeff McNeil looks like he's playing free and easy compared to last year where every hard hit ball that was an out, he's slamming and throwing the well, helmet. Hold on a he second. Time out. Like he Time was out. losing Time his out. mind. Time out. He also hit one off the top of the wall yesterday and is screaming F-bombs as <laughs> he's rounding first base. I did see him. Oh, that's right. You were there. Hard like hit the out. Did you see that? I like the intensity. So he, he hits- took the batting helmet off and like, like hugged it tightly to himself. I'm Good. like, all right, that's a little weird, but it's not as crazy as he what was last I year. What I think, and I don't know, what I think is the fact, was it Lindor? Yeah, it was Lindor ahead of him. I think Lindor was held up at third because he didn't know, because Yastrzemski played that ball terribly, number one. He played a couple balls really awful. Never even made an attempt to jump for it, but you didn't know if it was out, if it was going to be caught. Lindor oh, gets Lindor hung up. I think Lindor was only on first because whoever was but in they front hold of him, him, I think up. it was Nito, couldn't get past what, second. What, you saying he was frustrated and didn't get the RBI? Is that I, what that's to- what I think. Because he yelled, and they had it on camera. I can't say it. Listen, we used it was to an se- F-bomb, and it was obvious. We used to celebrate Paul O'Neill for a lot of the oh, same yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, I have no so issue with it. I like guys that actually look like they can. I mean, I get McNeil's had his ups and downs, and there's some flaws. But I don't. I never fault the guys who are intense, and you could tell they care. And it, right, he's and it always been that the, intense it, it guy. It cuts them up when things don't go their way. I he's like that. always been that kind yeah. of player. But last year, you could see it affecting him at the plate. Yes. This year, it's not affecting him when he's in the batter's box, at least early on. Just the whole feeling with this team is completely different, not just from last year, but from any other Met team that I've watched, maybe since 2006, like a team that high, had high expectations and things were going well early. 2007 and eight, you didn't get that feeling because the pressure was on them because of how 06 ended in the playoffs and then the collapse in 2007. There was so much pressure this team has expectations. Like, if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be considered disaster. a disaster. I agree. But it there still doesn't seem like that championship or bust season this year. No, There's not that demand on them. But and the more... way the players are playing right now, they're playing four buck. And they're playing good, simple baseball. They're stealing bases. They're being aggressive. Yeah. It looks like a team. Like, they didn't go out and outside of Scherzer get the best players. We talked about all those shortstops, all the big-name guys, the big money. Yeah. But Eduardo Escobar, Mark Canna. 
Sterling Marte. Those were the right fits yeah. for this team. I or think you talk I saw. A lot. Yes. Well, well you told me. I'm come used in to doing a solo. <laughs> I'm used to wait, doing wait, a solo wait, wait. show. If he came in, you've got it to me before. No, like, I'm good. Speak. Say something. You got to talk. <laughs> he, I think I, I saw. he just covered 19 good. things. Well, the one thing about Buck, though, and then you guys can have the final segment. <laughs> the one thing about Buck, don't kid yourself. The fact that he did what he did with J.D. Davis taking the base, and then the double switch. He seems like he's one step ahead of these other guys, yeah. and the players take notice of that. Very sharp. Very sharp. He's really sharp. And you mentioned coming out of the segment about the, the, the big two-out hit for Canton. I think they're plus 20 already in two-out two out runs. Which changes everything. It feels everything. like they already have more two-out hits and with runners in scoring position than they did all of last season, which yeah. is hyperbole, but they didn't have a lot last year. They might get there by the middle That's of That's called May. clutch. That's what that is. And real quick. It's good baseball. Scherzer gets the hamstring a week before that, and everyone's like, DeGrom, Scherzer, they need to go out and get someone. Let, let's He's wait and see. Not coming out no, of no, the forget game. Scherzer. Let's wait and see what these other guys do and look at how they've come out of the gate. And if Carrasco, they got nothing out of him last year. If he's going to pitch anything remotely like he did yesterday, they are very what deep Was it 16 style. in a row at 18. one point? It was 18. Yeah. yeah, pretty damn good. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, the progression continues. I'm going to eject my seat, go get a cup of coffee. Chris and Fleegs will carry you the rest of the way. And then I'll be back at 6 o'clock with G Warm Up Show. Until then, right here on The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. We give you a little different taste here on the warm-up. We've kind of had the uh, rotating cast this morning without Dukes having the day off. This is Al's dream, by the way. Just a bunch of different people doing 15-minute shows. Yes. That's the way Al thinks radio should be. Small doses. Right. Yes. He likes Get in, get out. Right. Kind of. He's a big fan of the way they handle bullpens in baseball now. I'm sure. Right. You oh, see yeah. All Three batter minimum. Relievers. Yeah. And, you know, everybody, you do one segment, you talk to one call, if that, and then you get out. Moving right along. Yes, exactly. So I feel like it should be a day where it's like, okay, we get we get another look at Net Celtics. The, the the I understand it's all for TV, but the two days off between each of the first three games is just ridiculous. Well, it's horrible. And then you'll have over the weekend the Nets and Celtics are playing Game Three. Everybody else is already up to Game Four. You'll have series that you know might be sweeps and yeah, over done, before right. the Nets and Celtics get off Game Three. Yeah, that stuff never makes a whole Plus, lot of sense. And you need to all me, that extra time for Ben Simmons to pretend like he's actually going to step on a basketball court. Game Four now they're talking about possibly. We'll see. I Could guess you imagine we'll him making? his debut for the Nets if they're down <laughs> they get, 3-0 they get in a series to the Celtics. Right. He could come in on the on the you know on the horse and save the day. It's right? I mean it almost makes maker. you feel bad for the Brooklyn Nets fans. Like the yeah. I don't know. I I'm a Nick fan. I, I you know so you don't have too much love or love lost for the Nets, but what they've been through this year, especially like I know a lot of Nets fans who liked the way the team was being built with the young guys through the draft. They sell their souls for the stars, which maybe you have to do in the NBA. There's that argument. But to watch it tailspin like this, uh, if the Nets do go on to win a championship, what kind of Net fan can say, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that entire 2021 to 22 no, season? No. And the longer they go, obviously, the window starts to get a little smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. It's all the more reason in sports. If you, have, if you have an opportunity, like a Mets fan right now, to enjoy the season, or if the Yankees start playing well, enjoy the regular season, you have to do it because sport, it's way too unpredictable. You know, who could have thought that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving 
might get swept in the first round of the playoffs. And there was really not a lot to enjoy about the regular season because Durant missed time, Irving was playing half the games, the Harden situation, Simmons coming in not playing. There wasn't a lot to grab a hold of there, and now they've got their backs against the wall. It, it's it's just wild to think. How, I mean, if anybody told you before the season this is how it was going to go for the Nets, nobody would have bought it. It's just been one of these stranger NBA seasons and experiences that I can remember. And there was another one last night. I was going to say, I, speaking During of the strange. break, I was thinking about this. You know, the NBA and basketball are known for teams getting off to big leads in the first quarter or first half and then blowing them. We saw the Nets do it in game two against the Celtics. Yeah. Tune in for the fourth quarter. Usually right. is the way it goes. But with the Wolves and the Grizzlies yesterday, there was something that if you're a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves watching this a home playoff game, series as tight as one, you saw something that you almost never see. I can't even remember the last time it happened. The Grizzlies, uh, the Wolves didn't blow one 20-point lead to the Grizzlies. They blew two. They were up <laughs> huge early. They blew it. The Grizzlies come back. They make it a close game before halftime. And then the Wolves pull away again. You have to be thinking at that point, if you're a fan, you watch them withstand that first like push from the team that was trailing and then start to build up a big lead again. You never think, even if you're the most pessimistic sports fan out there, and God knows I would know from this because I'm a Met fan and a Jet fan and a Nick fan. You've been through the pain, right. yeah. Any kind of pessimism you think, if your team builds a second 20-point lead in a game, you don't think they're going to blow that. Yeah, you're good. And if you're yeah. a Wolves fan watching that game in Minnesota last night, <laughs> they just let another 20-plus point lead slip away, we, and they end up losing. Did we get any A-Rod reaction on that? I didn't see. So I, I ended didn't up, either. I fell asleep early into this game. It was right around halftime because doing this show yesterday, going to the Met game, sitting in traffic, coming home, I didn't make it long into this game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I watched the highlights though when I woke up and then again, just watching the segment, I didn't know they had lost. I thought the same thing. Once they start to show the Wolves building up a big lead again, I think, okay, Minnesota won. And then all of a sudden Memphis shows, goes on another run. And I would have guessed if you, you know, had I not been following along and kind of already seen the way it played out, you tell me two 20 point, 20 plus point leads, you would think high scoring game. And right? you would think John well, Morant dropped make, like 50 points. Right. And he had, I know he had a triple double, but 16 and didn't shoot it particularly well. But you would think, hey, Memphis had to make some ridiculous run and score a ton of points to come back. And right. they actually end up holding Minnesota under 100, which is wild. It, that has to be one of the most miserable experiences you can have as, as a fan. Like there's losing a crushing game, you know, there's losing on a buzzer beater like, like the, the Raptors did. did to the Sixers oh, when yeah. jo- Joel Embiid hits a three pointer at the buzzer in overtime. Yes. There's losing by 30 when you're never in the game to go up 20 blow it get it back and then lose it again I mean that's that's one of the worst roller coasters you can be on as a sports fan I would think so and I'm happy to say uh, one team that didn't blow it last night quickly was the Rangers who actually for a change had their way with the Islanders because that hasn't happened much over the last couple years so you had the natural hat trick for Andrew Kopp in the first period Panarin's got four assists and they locked up uh, home ice in the first round he was the only Ranger to do it the natural hat trick also in the first period yeah that's I mean, a, listen, if there's a day for me to be working this show, if there ever has to be a day where the Rangers do that to the Islanders, let it be the day that Boomer's not here. Well, I'm here. So hopefully, so, but, I mean. well, you're not going to be as bad. You know, if I was sitting there waiting for the sports minutes, it would have been the first thing out of Boomer's yeah. mouth. Forget the Mets and celebrating that. That's normally what we do this time of year is talk about how good our baseball team looks. If the Rangers did that to the Islanders on the Islanders' home ice, I would have heard about it. I'm hoping by Monday or Tuesday – Boomer forgets about that. Here's what I'd say for, as a Ranger fan, and I know some can be obnoxious and loudmouth, and that goes for all the New York sports fans, but the Rangers shouldn't exactly be chirping the Islander fans right now based on what's gone on the last couple of years. You know what oh, I mean? And There's listen, not a lot, to, not a lot to grab hold of right now. Just enjoy the right. season. Like Evan was saying last week about being a fan in an opposing building, 
just cheer for your team and enjoy the ride. You don't, you don't need to cheer to for. Che- look, had the rivalries year? are great, but it's like, you know, the Islanders have had their way with you too many times over the course of the last couple seasons and actually made some deep runs in the playoffs, whereas you've been sitting it out. So as you're on your way back up the mountain, have a little class. Absolutely. To say. the point where I know there were Ranger fans that were legitimately worried that they didn't want the Islanders to sneak into the playoffs a couple months ago because it just wasn't the best matchup yeah. for the Rangers. It hasn't and been. Listen, like you said, enjoy the ride. We talked about it for most of the show. If you're a Ranger fan with the regular season that they gave you, you have to enjoy those 82 games because you never know how the playoffs are going to end up. Could be great, could be terrible, but that run from where they expected to be at the start of the season to where they are now, that's what you dream of as a sports fan for a regular season. I've been I've been enjoying it thoroughly, and it's been refreshing because they have such a nice mix of... I mean, there's veterans on the team, obviously, that have had big years as well, but mix of young guys, a homegrown guy like Kreider having a career year where he's, you know, approaching, he already set the power play goal. Right? I saw he has more power play goals than the, than coyote, the, than the Coyotes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's wild. crazy. So that all has been fun. You know, Shusurkin's turning into a stud, save for that couple of weeks where he struggled. So that's all been great. But I still, my expectations heading into the playoffs, and we don't know yet who they're going to play, are, are very low and measured. Just because I haven't seen this group. Like we saw them, we had a very small glimpse of some of them in the bubble up in Toronto or whatever it was where they got smoked by Carolina and you could just see how far away they were. So I'm excited for it. It'd be nice to have playoff hockey back in the garden, but I just, there's no way for me to know yet how this group is going to fare once they get onto that stage, which we all know it's going to be a different style of hockey. And it's weird because this Eastern conference playoffs, the way it shakes out with the capitals being there, the penguins, the Bruins, the Lightning, a lot of experience, a lot of teams that have playoff experience and are battle tested in these kind of environments. So the Rangers, if they make their way through, or even win a couple of series, they're going to earn it. And it's not going to be something you can write off as just a fluke. Even if they don't end up you know, winning the Cup this year, that's going to be a team that you say they look well-poised for some runs in the future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll I, be a great I, rivalry. The Islanders will be back next year. Shesterkin versus Sorokin for the next 10 yes. to 15 years. Hockey is going to become much bigger in this town. I sure hope is. so. I sure hope so. And my gut right now, as I look at the possible opponents, and I feel like I'm going to be very careful and respectful when I say this, but because they've played so well against the Penguins, I'd rather see Pittsburgh, despite the Crosby-Malkin angle, but we'll see how that plays out. They got what? They have four left. I think uh, Pittsburgh might have five left, so we're getting close, and it should be fun. All right, we'll step aside. Quick break. We'll come back and uh, wrap it up. Boomer, uh, not Boomer, Geo and Jerry at the top as uh, Jerry sits in for Boomer today. Right now, though, you've got a sports minute with Amy Lawrence talking NFL draft. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, real quick, couple minutes before Gio and Jerry uh, fleeks. NFL it's the draft. dynamic right. duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. What is that? Where was the liner last segment? There was no liner last segment, so I figured it's only we'd take for the it last cold. segment. The dynamic Great. duo, awesome. Jets needs draft next week. Give it to me. I want edge rusher for all this stuff about Kayvon Thibodeau. I don't care about the concerns, the none of that. I watched him play. Give me him at four. At ten, I'll take a receiver if they can get Debo Samuel, AJ Brown. Probably DK Metcalf for the 10th overall pick. I'd rather give the two twos. I'll pull the trigger on 10. I'll do it. Okay. 
That I makes heard sense. That the mock draft Jerry gave out from the guy that he, he was trying it. to get. Oh, God. If they draft Kyle Hamilton at four, <laughs> me, Benengo, you're going to have multiple Jets we fans. We've seen, they, we've seen them go down that, that it, path no, no. with and Adams. Here's the so. thing, though. In the past where I worried, oh, they're going to make that awful move, they won't do that. I think there's a chance they would take Sauce Gardner at 10, yeah. considering who else might be off the board before then. And because of I'll the receivers. Now, and 0% chance they take Kyle Hamilton or Sauce Gardner at four. All it's right. not happening. Sounds good. Edge rusher has been a need for a long time. Since John and you Abraham. Can, and you can't really, yeah, that's crazy. And you can't expect Carl Lawson to come back. First of all, we didn't see him. It was training camp, and you're hearing great things. Even if he does, this defensive staff, they like rotating guys. Yeah, get have him, as many Lawson, as you can. Franklin Myers, Quinton Williams. Get all those guys on the line. Rotate them. And whether it's the draft or in a trade, get that number one type receiver for Zach Wilson. And the Jets have built themselves a nice team that can take a step forward. They Might should, not be able yeah. to win anything in that loaded AFC, but they can make a jump. Not the big jump. That's two years from now. They can make a jump. I'm pumped for next week. Jets and Giants, four picks in the top ten. Yeah. Hopefully this is the last year that's happening for the New Yorkers. Yes. But it'll be fun. And both teams, you talk about the Jets with the edge rusher, the different defense. But the Giants, WFAN well. and WFAN-FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.